Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to High Trust Today, the podcast. I'm on a quest to help people win in business and in life. To do that, I know they must trust themselves, their relationships, their business, and they most certainly must trust their future. When you do that, you set in motion a universe of possibilities, and that journey begins right now. Anyway, we're going to give each panelist uh, about 10 to 11 minutes to unpack one idea, and uh, I'm going to set the stage here. So, Matt, one of the things you said as we prepared for Sales Mastery was, quote, just because you have milestone updates, it doesn't guarantee a wow experience, end quote. You added $12 million in volume in 12 months using one concept called one-timing. Can you explain what you've done and how it's impacted the customer experience? Sure. Uh, I was born and raised in Las Vegas. Uh, I come from a tennis family. My father is a tennis professional. I bring that up only be it that in sports as well as in the business world, small incremental changes have the biggest impact, I think, on our lives. So as a freshman playing tennis for UNLV, uh, I got my first job. And at that point in time, uh, I wanted to buy a house. So buying my first house was a forgettable experience. That loan officer never shared anything about rate, terms, program, didn't have a deep conversation whatsoever. So I'm not saying that was the catalyst to get me into this industry, but in a few short years, I was here at Sales Mastery. And as a response to my first Sales Mastery, I've attended about another 12 times. Followed up with High Trust Academy. And each time I leave this event, and I guarantee I, this probably resonates with a lot of folks, is I would get home or get to my office and try to replay all of those high impact ideas. And my mind would be blown. Just there's 50 things to do. And you know, I, I look at some of my failures in the past of very similar to an analogy. I'm not going to make a tennis analogy, but in a golf swing, I think everybody can pick up on this. This is everybody's joke is that in the event that you're on the golf course and you make this comment, oh, I'm not really hitting it straight today, and your friend will be so quick to say, let me make some changes. And within a few minutes, you can't hit the ball to save your life because you just did so much work and just changed everything. So going to that incremental change to my business was, was really where I had to start. So one day I'm sitting and I'm sitting in my office and going back through my High Trust Academy playbook that I'd often refer back to. And when I do that, I was trying to you know, have a one big takeaway. What small incremental change can I make to turn that dial to improve my business? Uh, I felt I was a little stagnant. I was doing well, I had a great income, but I wanted to take it to another level. So with that being said, I'm sitting at my desk and and I'm thinking, uh, you know, it kind of hit me. Linda Davidson, I don't know if she's, oh, there she is. Hi, Linda. Uh, I don't know, I'm not gonna, you know, hopefully dissect this too much. She came up with this idea years ago that just turned the light bulb on for me. Somewhere in her repertoire, she had this CD that, or DVD she'd put inside of her computer, leave the office uh, for a few minutes, and her clients would watch during this process all the movements of that mortgage, what to expect, who are the people on her team. And I was just blown away. I'm like, geez, that would be awesome to implement. So of course, uh, I started with that and I just put my head down. I was trying to think of all the different things and my team, I'm listening. So my team consists of myself, my assistant and my processor. So I'm listening for the next 20 minutes to my assistant answer phone calls, answering questions that are seem so simple and redundant. And I asked myself, do I have a world-class process? 
Am I giving you know, high quality to my clients? All these questions, and there are hundreds of them I can imagine through the process, you ask yourself, did I not share that properly with the client? Was I, was I not uh, clear enough? So I quickly went out to my team and I sat down a, a notepad in front of each one of them. And I said, would you do me a favor? I know you're gonna hate me for this, but write down every single time the phone call comes in. Write down what they asked, and most important is when they asked during that transaction. Because for me, it was painful. I always had an internal philosophy that said, if a client or an agent calls me, we failed. We didn't properly, proactively address any of their concerns. So as you can imagine, at the end of the month, we're looking at all of these different questions that came around. And they were numerous. Some are hilarious, but some are very consistent. So then I thought at the elementary stage, what do I do? Do I send out an email, right, this long dissertation? And I think everybody comes to the conclusion, how do I address, oh, if they ask me a question, I'll have this canned response and I'll send it out. But then that's reactive, not very proactive, and I don't think that was the right approach. So then I thought, okay, well, maybe just email's not the right place, but I need, I need to have like a foundation, something that I could go off of. And that foundation for me was, I need to find the right CRM. And there's a lot of companies in the room and there's probably a ton of great, phenomenal, already in-house CRMs. I was just trying to find something that was problematic for me to talk about my problems that I was lacking in my business. So I developed uh, you know, a little search and, and, and trying to figure out which one's gonna be the best one for me. I fell in love with Jungo. And I'll tell you just for the very simple reasons why, is that when I have as a loan officer so many different pieces that I need to be cognizant of that are, are actually doing itself, right? I want to step away. My highest and best use is to be out with my clients. I needed to be in a position where I knew these things were going consistently, like, like a, what's, what's the word? I don't want to see a restaurant, but like a fast food restaurant. Consistently, the outcome was predictable and it was just the same. So I believed if I could get that part down, and beginning with, with almost the end in mind. What does my client want to see? And, and I would probably say this is, I'm probably your worst nightmare as a client because I'm going to ask my clients, or excuse me, I'm gonna ask my, uh, you know, if I was getting a loan, I'm gonna ask many, many questions of why. Why do you need this? You don't need that. And I'm gonna question the entire process. So I started with that. Start with the worst person that you've ever dealt with and say, what can I do proactively to get them in the frame of mind? So. Instead of just sending out templates, and, and Todd and I were talking about these milestones where we've come in the last 10 to 15 years you know, a long way. Every company I work with, we start to improve upon. And it's you know, the, the standard, it's in process, underwriting, funding, closed. That's great, right? A lot of people like that. But is it everything? You know, the belly-to-belly -belly conversations? So the platform was there for a CRM, and I know there's a lot of great ones, and you could probably tweak it to do the same. But then I thought, I'm not getting very personalized. And you know, Denise down in the corner is gonna just destroy what she does in, in a thousand different ways better than I can because she's taken it to a whole new level. But where I started from was every question I was asked, when was it during that transaction? I need communication to be forward thinking and get it into my client's hands. And how do I do that? So I looked at, instead of sending emails, I can make a thousand phone calls or have team members do that. I implemented BombBomb. BombBomb's a video system whereby I can track, number one, 
every single part of that process when somebody opens up the transaction. I could know if I'm looking at 10 folks in the front row, you got the same information at the exact same time during that process. And all the questions that I believe that you needed to ask. Nothing to me is better than hearing something from a client stating, wow, no one's ever asked me those questions. You really took it to the nth level. I didn't even know those questions to ask. And then you get that wow experience at the end. So when I implemented a few non-negotiables, and that is it has to be done the exact same way, total cost analysis up front. Dave knocks it out of the park with that. But making sure I set the stage, and then each little step, I'm out there in a nice format, and it could be very well, hey, here's my team. Now that we're pre-approved, maybe from contract to, to you know, contact to contract to closing. And at that point, maybe it's I'm introducing my team and telling you the why that I'm asking for these things. So that was my, my epiphany, but to be completely honest, Todd, Denise backstage asked me not to say what my secret weapon was, and I'm just gonna say it. I love country music. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I love me some George Strait. George Strait feeds my soul, but it does not feed my family. So with that being said, you know, there's a, a point in my, my career that I picked up on from Todd's, you know, tutelage, and it was, hey, what are you putting in the inside? What are you doing every single day? I could do all these things on the outside, but I stopped with my time going from here to the gym to work just throwing in every single interview, past Mortgage uh, Mastery Club, interviews here from Dave Savage, just always putting good forward thinking information in to almost present those ideas to say, oh my gosh, she's killing it. Kai's gonna quadruple kill it. So when we listen to all these things over and over, it puts me in a better frame of mind, makes it a little easier for me. So uh, very, very kind of thought-centric oriented kind of, so finish the story on then uh, bomb bomb and one timing and, Absolutely. and without, I mean, unless you didn't want to go there. No, no, it, so what I, I found myself doing is taking all those questions we were asked right. and then sitting with my team and just going through that process and say, each time that I could take an application or if a client calls me on a weekend, I'm with my family, I have a canned video, a little canned video that I could do, you know, 15 of them. And what's great, and maybe I just do it the real generic way, to be honest with you, there's much better ways. There's a thumbnail. So let's say you're my client. And I could just write down the Smiths, John Smith, take a picture of it, goes in the front of my video, and it's now personalized. And it could be, hey, I know you're calling me over the weekend. I know it's real important. You want to write an offer? Um, you know, here's what you're going to need to do. Start with this website. Gather this documentation. Great. And then, hey, thanks. Throughout that process, I believe if I give them enough information, their wall drops down, and they, they kind of reach out to me and go, Matt, this is the best experience I've had buying a house. So if just imagine every single part of that process yeah. from you know, closing to, hey, we just we beat the system, right? We actually closed this transaction in three weeks. Did you have a great experience? And with that, good stuff, man. that's what I've done. 16 seconds to spare. You're <laughs> unbelievable. So one timing, just to, to just articulate the definition, right, is looking at anything that you are doing manually that you can create a one-time automated solution to, whether it is sequential videos, whether it is a complete video answering the 10 most frequent questions a borrower's ask, whether it's a marketing approach letter that you want to design. One-timing as a definition is doing one-time what you can use anytime, over time, 
from an automation standpoint or an already designed standpoint so you don't have to create it on the fly. Okay, good job. So Kath, let's give, uh, give Matt a big hand. Thanks, Matt, that's a great idea. So everybody's got that in your head, that's, that's one thing. So Catherine, in the last eight months, you've added an average of two closed purchase loans a month to your volume using one simple play mm -hmm. that you learned going deep. Uh, explain what that concept is, how you've implemented it, and what the results are that it's been given to you, to your clients, and to your agents. Great. So I'm in a little tiny town, 12,000 people, 20,000 in my county and my county is big. <laughs> so we have to really hit those high producing agents. So in January, I went to the master's class and what I decided to implement from that, one of a few things, was a gap analysis, which is basically sitting down during that agent high trust interview and saying, okay, how would you rate yourself on, let's say uh, business planning or team effectiveness or team harmony open houses, things like that. So it has them rank themselves from one to 10, okay? So I thought, ooh, that's a great idea to just get in deep, really figure out their business. I'm a little bit of a structure Nazi. <laughs> so I thought, well, that'll be good because I can help them out with that. So in doing that, I did that a few times and I thought, okay, how do I take this to the next level? How do I step outside my box, maybe do this a little differently? So I thought, I'm gonna hit some agent teams because you know, they're higher producing, they, um, they're, they've got that same structure that I have so we can mirror. So I, uh, I decided to, of course, go to the uh, top producing agent in the largest office um, because I like to just do it all at once. Um, <laughs> so, so did that and did that with her and her team. And then from that, we really nailed down some specific projects that we could work on together. And also we saw some little things that where her, her assistant was on one page and she was on a totally different page and that happened to be Team Harmony. So that's never a good thing. Um, we went through and then out of that, we're able to really create a plan going forward to create that relationship out of and also help her business out of. So then, so a little bit of the before and after with this specific agent. So before she was a little bit of a kind of a, I don't know, she'd call and just be like, hey, this is what I need now and very demanding. And I always got her leftovers, which we all get those where they're like, oh my gosh, this other lender killed this. Can you save it? But you never get the good referrals. So that's completely changed. I, um, I now get 100% of her referrals. We're working on three loans with her right now that will close this month. And now we talk all the time. So she recently was looking at hiring. I helped her go through the resumes. Once she got them narrowed down, we've been talking almost daily through this hiring process, including this morning. So it's a whole different relationship, which is great because that really gives me access to her 100% and she confides in me with a lot of what's going on in her business. So another example is um, recently here, just in the last few weeks, I met with a managing, uh, well, he was, he's a managing broker, but he also has his own team. So we met, went through the same analysis, did it with his team, and from that, again, we've got these projects now to work on, but I now have access to all of the agents in his office, and there's an in-house lender. So I've somehow backdoored that, and I'm super excited. So that kind of gives you a little bit of the before and after. But why this has been really good for me and some benefits that I didn't know I was going to get out of it was, first of all, it, 
it gives me access and builds trust with not only the agent but their team. So a lot of times it's that assistant or buyer's partner or whatever they want to call it that are, that are with the client giving those referrals. So if I can get those referrals from everyone in the team, that's going to be better. Also, it gives me that really inside peek at their business. And sometimes I might look at that and say, wow, this is really messed up. I don't think I want a part of this. So it's going to give me that, that as well. But also, where can I focus my time to help them the most? Also, the, um, because I have a team structure, I can learn things from them, but then also highlight what we're doing well that might help their, their business. So it's a, a kind of a sly way to say, hey, here's some things we're doing. And they go, oh my gosh, I didn't even know you were doing that. What a great idea. So it's a way to present what we're doing in a different way. So it's completely changed the bar. I feel like with these agents, I'm, I'm just not even competing with other people. And it's given me an in that I just didn't even realize it was going to happen. Oh, I love so. it. I love it. So here's the high, the high level viewpoint. And, and what I want you guys to get your head around is that, that if you can help expose um, gaps in performance of really anybody that you're trying to serve and, and have relationship with. So if I'm a producing manager, I would like to do a gap analysis with my LOs and figure out where they are in assessment and where I can stand in the gap and help them kind of become better and therefore then as a result, get more production, do more production. If I'm a, a regional leader, I wanna do that with my branch managers and figure out where their gaps are. On the street, as you guys work with real estate agents, uh, to be able to, to understand that one of the most disruptive moves you can make is to become a business consultant to the selected agents that you wanna really have long-term relationships with it's going to require you, and I want you to talk about this for just a sec, it's going to require you to get really into a high-velocity learning mode. Because when you do gap analysis with a real estate agent, you help them discover their own shortfalls. You help them discover really where they're not doing as well as they would like to do. And it's a beautiful thing because it's not threatening. It's, part, it's from a partnership standpoint. You're sitting down having a real conversation with them. And as a result of that, then, you call them projects. They're probably more like opportunities, but you've had to probably kind of come out of those meetings and say, now we got to get to work because there's like three things that they actually need that we need to kind of stand in the gap and help them get. That, to me, is the most beautiful, beautiful way for you to cement a relationship than there is probably everything because that's where the trust flourishes. Now, in your case, you said about like this first agent, she kind of went from a needy agent, a needy agent and kind of always demanding, do this, do that, do that. And, uh, and now how many months later, she's giving you like every piece of business she has. How many months did that take? Not many, three. Three. So from three months, 90 days, you took an agent that was kind of high maintenance, kind of in your face, sat down, had a legitimate gap analysis with yeah. her. And three months later, you're getting everything. Yes. Yes. And it's, and there's also some fun things that come out of it. So, yeah. you know, for instance, one of the agents, I asked the assistant, Hey, how are they doing on online leads? And they said, Oh gosh, he could be so much better. And she's all young and vibrant. And, and I'm like, great. How does he look on Zillow? Oh, he's not doing anything with Zillow. Well, what? He's not doing anything on Zillow. So we set up this whole thing where I sent a script that, that we use for Zillow reviews after the fact. And so they're putting that into place. So sometimes it's just those really quick, it took me three minutes 
and now it's going to totally change their online presence. So it's, it's those little fun things that I can help with too, but then also just that really more complex team structure, who's doing what on your team, let's systemize this, let's do that. And that really also, I feel like I'm helping, which is huge for me and huge at a higher level than just helping each individual borrower, but also the agent level, which is a different level. What's the impact been on kind of just the whole borrower referral since you've gone deep with the agents and you're in a, mm -hmm. a more formidable kind of relationship and partnership and you're really helping? What have you seen, if anything, change on kind of the pace of referrals, the, how they pre-sell Catherine and your team? What do they do? It, it basically is, hey, this is, this is the lender you need to use her. So it's, they come with more trust because also I've hit these agents that it might be a little more difficult, but they're strong. And with that, I get a really strong referral because they're also strong with their clients. And the second person you mentioned, a guy, mm -hmm. another uh, broker kind of manager, but he has his own team. So what yep. is, how long did that take? to lock and load, and what's the results look like on that? I only did the gap analysis with him three weeks ago. We've already implemented a few different things into his business, and I'm meeting with him again on Monday. But, um, but already, we're starting to see some referrals come out of that. Do you have so. any deals that have come out of that yet in three weeks? Um, we were in the middle of a deal, and I got another referral. It hasn't closed yet. They're looking. Okay. So yes. OK. So now I'm going to ask you the last question, because I think this mm -hmm. is probably going through everybody's mind. Um, the risk of doing a gap analysis is that you have to stand in the gap. And uh, nobody should be in business to ask questions on what you can do if you're not prepared to do what people say they'd like you to do. So when you hear some of these things on team structure, team harmony, you know, open house effectiveness, so on and so forth, we're in a knowledge world, we're in an open source world, you can probably pull down anything you need to learn. How do you get the knowledge and then the confidence to be able to go back, sit down and say, well, here's what I found out on, you know, either team building or this or that. What's your kind of your mechanism? Well, there's a few things I do. One, I ask them, hey, let's, what do you think are the most important things that we can focus on together? Because then even though I can see something huge, they can still kind of say, this is really important to me. And we can always focus on that first. But I know that there's this other gap that we're going to continue to address as I continue to build trust. So second, sometimes you a little bit have to wing it. So hey, let's, let's talk about this a little bit. Tell me exactly what's going on with the team. Okay, great, this is something I did. This is something another team I know did. So you just are more kind of running ideas by them. It's not that you have to come from a place of, this Expertise, is the right way to yeah. do it, but it's just more starts a really good discussion. Yeah, and on that note, they already don't know the answer. I mean, they already don't know the inefficiency. They already don't know what they're not doing, and you expose it. So anything better than that is going to take them to a new level. And if you have open discussion and you expose where they know that they have to be better and you have discussion around doing that and following up and deepening the relationship, then kind of the production flourishes, right? Yeah. So what do you think this is going to look like at the end of 2016 if you keep doing the gap analysis with the key people in your little teeny town of 12,000 people? <laughs> so I think it'll be huge. I, my goal is to hit 60 this year. And I think that that's possible. And I also think that it'll just, I, I think where we'll really start to see it is it will web a little bit of, hey, now I'm going to get access to this agent. We'll start to see those referrals come in. So I, I really expect it to be awesome. a huge, huge thing. And not only that, but just the ongoing relationships and those lead to others. Are you having more fun? Always. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. All right, big round of applause for Catherine. Good job. So just, uh, just leave, leave this part of it with this idea of how deep is your relationship, how much do you know about your partners, 
where do they have holes in their plan? How can you stand in the gap? How can you fill that knowledge void? And how can you follow up with them in such a way that they're learning and doing and implementing? And out of that, you will then get more business. All right, Kai Wynn, uh, 2014, 185 loans. That in and of itself, dude, is huge. And, uh, and, and it was interesting. Kai was in my suite last night and we were talking and uh, he said that, you know, when you come to the Hytra Sales Academy, it's a 350-page playbook. I mean, it is a lot of information, right? And, um, and he looked at me last night and, and I want to give this to you maybe as just like a, a subtle idea on the side in terms of what I'm going to talk about when our panel's done and that is implementation. He said, I looked at that and I said to myself, what is the one thing out of 350 pages that I can take, that I can do something with, and that I know I can implement. And so he comes to the academy in December of 2014. In 2015, in 12 months, he went from 185 fundings to 325 fundings, correct? Got your number right? 324. 324, okay. Made one specific change in the area of... Follow-up. And it made all the difference in the world. So I'm going to ask uh, Kai to share with you what he did, how he did it, okay? And um, he's actually grown his volume in 12 months or less by 11 funded purchase loans a month. That's huge. Thank the you, stage is yours, my friend. <laughs> well, uh, let me give everyone a little introduction about myself. Uh, they call me Kai Kai the Mortgage Guy, okay? So... When someone say mortgage, you say call Kai. And that's what I have to tell all the realtors. When someone say mortgage, call Kai. So I hypnotize, I have it instilled in everyone's mind that as soon as you need a mortgage, you call Kai. Or if someone say mortgage, you say Kai, mortgage, Kai, mortgage, Kai. And that's how I started, okay? Um, I started to, I got licensed in April of 2011. So I've been in business a little bit over five years. Okay, my first year in business in 2012, I closed 127 loans. In 2000, my second year, I closed 139 loans. And then in 2014, I did 185. And, you know, I went to the, uh, the high trust selling. And I was like, you know what, what else can I learn? I've, I've already closed 100. And when I went to the academy, <laughs> they were having all these producers closing three, 400 loans. I said, oh, I want to do that. <laughs> So, so um, I went and it was just like this massive learning. There's so much. I was like, you know, this is giving me a headache. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I have a short-term memory. I only want to learn one item. And, you know, and that's what I did. I, I learned how to follow up. And that was something that I did not do all those, you know. I, if I followed up in 2013, I probably closed 300 loans in 2013. But I was new in the business. I didn't know what I was doing. I, so uh, I started implementing follow-up. And my follow-up is not, it's very simple. I just have all the realtors' phone number in my phone, and I text them when something comes up. Appraisal's done, I text them. Appraisal's done. Clear or close? Clear or close. And that was my simple message. And that's the only thing I did different. That, you know, if I had a clear or close, I'd text them. Files clear or close, schedule closing, or it was just very simple. I, I can't do the high technology stuff. Denise is going to teach me when we get back <laughs> to Dallas. 
on how to, you know, because she told me she, she pressed one button and text message go out to everyone. I'm here manually texting one of my realtors crazy. on every single transaction. It's crazy. Yes. So I'm going to learn from Denise after this. But, you know, to tell you, you know, my background, you know, I'm not, I'm not a technology guy. I'm, I'm young. I'm 29 for the eighth time now. So, <laughs> look at you. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, I'm not a technology guy. I, I, I don't know technology. I, I just learned how to post something on Facebook a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I, I, I did. I just learned how to post something on Facebook. And you know what? I, I won an award and I posted last week on Facebook. And sure enough, I got referrals out of it. So I'm going to start doing it. <laughs> Weird. It works. Well, you know, posting, so, so it's, it's this whole thing about, you know, how do you grow business? When I first started, okay, in, in 2011, what I did was I went knocking on doors, and I did cold calls. That's what I did. I, I was new in the business. I did not know a single thing about mortgage. I didn't know the difference between FHA, conventional. I did not know what LTV, DTI, all these, you know, <laughs> LQI, whatever they want to call it. I did not know. And what I did was I just went and I started knocking on doors. And I said, hi, my name is Kai Kai, the mortgage guy. You want to meet with me? And, and I told him, you know, I'm going to be the best thing to happen to you in your life. And sure enough, you know, it, it is. You know, because right now, my average close from application to close is average about two and a half to three weeks on every single loan. Uh, I just started working jumbos. I, I closed a jumbo loan in less than two weeks, 13 days. The realtor was so happy. They started sending me all their jumbos. I just started, because if you look at my volume, it's real small, because I, I, you know, I, <laughs> but now I'm starting working the jumbos, and it's getting there. You know, I, I closed a jumbo loan in 13 days. I said, how do you do, it was denied by another lender, by the way. <clears throat> so, and then I closed it in 13 days. They said, how do you do it? I said, I don't know. I just submitted the file. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and I, I did what <coughs> most loan officers do. You take the application, you know, you, you say, okay, you just look good. So I'm going to submit it to the underwriter. Got approved. We closed in 13 days. And the realtor's like, you know, they're, they're there at my office giving me gifts, bottling down to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, keep, keep them coming. So now they're bringing me, me more jumbo loans. And, and you know, so it's, it's, <coughs> it's an experience. But it's, it's all about hard work, you know. I... I, I don't know all the marketing ideas. I'm not a marketing guy. I know how to brand myself, Kai Kai the mortgage guy. So next time you hear mortgage, you say Kai, right? And that's what I tell people. That's probably it though, right? Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> when you hear mortgage, you say Kai. You, you tell your friends, your family. And when I first started, I have a big family and friends. And I was new in Dallas, so I, I, I didn't know, you know, when I started in Dallas. So basically what I did was I tell everyone, hey, as soon as someone say mortgage, you say Kai. Mortgage, Kai, mortgage, Kai. So it instills in people's head. When they hear the word mortgage, what do you say? Kai, mortgage, Kai. Kai, Kai, the mortgage guy. And it just bring that. You know? I stopped counting at 23 times he's mentioned his own name in his personal branding. Yeah, but next time when you hear mortgage, what are you going to say here, Todd? You're going to say Kai. Kai, right? right. <laughs> it works. That's what you need to do. Bring All right, so up. let's, let's I, I, you are, you have, you have brought a lot of uh, uh, humor and laughter and, and, uh, and joy to a very serious conversation, yes. which is follow-up. <laughs> And what you've proven is that you don't have to be world-class at it. You just have to do it. 
<laughs> and you're sitting next to somebody who's going to help you become world class yes. ahead. Well, but Denise says she's going to help me grow from 324 loans oh. to 600 loans. And that's how I go. And I'm going to start implementing, you know, this time. Small percentage. Here, one, one so you know. I'm going to implement <laughs> one new change this year in 2017. Because I'm going to use a CRM to do that mass text and then to post on Facebook. And she, she was Snapchatting. I didn't even know what Snapchat was. I just remember it's like some bunny rabbit ears and, <laughs> you know, and it's not me, you know, so. Okay, so back to texting and back, back to follow-up. So what you've done is you've taken the isolated incidents that happen in a loan yes. and instead of emailing, instead of having an automated template, instead of even making a phone call, you are simply texting. High volume of text, I imagine, but you're keeping everybody advised. There's no guessing. The phones have slowed down. There's no reactive kind of phone calls coming in, right? Yes. And thank God to unlimited text because I'm using it a lot <laughs> <world> now. <laughs> and that's what I do. I, I get an email from the appraiser desk. Hey, the appraiser come in. I know who the realtor is. I pick up my phone. You know, appraisal came in. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and, and I said, you know, value is good or whatever and then move on to the next one. So tell me about, uh, I think everybody would probably be interested because that sounds like it might be a, a mammoth task in terms of 324 loans and you know, what's the rest of the day look like and how do you find the time for this? So what is, your, what is your key or your answer to that? How do you balance this all out if you're texting one person at a time? I work smart and I'm okay. very fast. So, um, you know, I, let's say I close 40 loans in a month. I probably meet with two customers. I don't meet face-to-face. -face. Everything's either email or fax or they drop off docs at my office. I don't have time to meet everyone. I'm not, uh, you know, out of the 324 loans, I probably met with about 30 or 40 of those customers, less than 10%, for, you know. But what I do is I have the realtor selling for me. I, I don't do the hard work. I let the realtor do the selling because they're the one, you know, I have realtors that I fire. I say, I don't want to work with you. I don't want to work with you. I don't want to work with you. And, you know, um, I let the realtor do the work. They said, there's, I had a call yesterday, uh, the other day, where the borrower called me and said, hey, I was referred by so-and-so realtor. They said, to call you. And then I said, okay. And then she asked me, what's your rate? I said, it's going to be higher than the bank. Okay, that's what I told her. And she asked, what's the fees? It's going to be higher than the bank. That's what I told her. And then, she, and then she said, well, I don't want to work with you. I said, well, thank you very much. I told the realtor, so-and-so called. I told her my fees and my rates are higher, and she will not be working with me. The next day, she called me and apologized. I'm so sorry, Kai. I didn't know. I will work with you. I will, uh, here's all my docs. Just do the loan. Let the realtor sell it for you. That's what, I'll show you the text message from her that said, you know, the customer texted me and said, I'm sorry, I did not know that I had to go with you to close this loan. <laughs> and you let the realtor do the work. I let the realtor do the work. That's why I'm out there. I don't have time to, to do this. I let the realtor sell for me, right? That's what being part a salesperson, letting other people sell for you. <laughs> Big round of applause for Kai, the mortgage guy, I guess. All right, Denise, you're amazing. And uh, <laughs> two years ago, you shared with this audience how you took your volume from $7.8 million 
uh, prior to boot camp in December of 2013 to $34 million in purchase volume the next year. You had a 500% improvement in purchase close loan volume. You shared the circle of cash flow and how you use that. And, uh, and last year you funded 40 million and you had a total in that period of time of a 512% improvement in volume. That's huge. Um, you've implemented a lot of cool things. There's one thing that I know you told me privately was just like absolutely game-changing for you. So why don't you take your 10 to 12 minutes and share your one game-changing idea. But bear in mind that this idea is part of what Denise has done to go from literally not even on the radar to now one of the top producers in the country. So Thank rock. You. Well, it's, it's really hard to pick one thing because like Kai said, when you go to the High Trust Academy or, or boot camp when I was there, you, you walk away with a binder this big. And if you've never been, the only thing I could compare it to was my first trip to Sales Mastery. And this is very different than the High Trust Academy. There's about 125 mortgage bankers. They were all producing way more than me. So it's a little intimidating. The room is a lot smaller. And you're basically one-on-one -on -one with Todd for three long days from like eight, <laughs> great days, but from like eight in the morning until six o'clock at night. And then he gave you homework. And he would call you out the next day because you would do scripts and, and training and stuff in front of these other mega producers. So you went back to your room and you did your homework. Um, but if I was to say back at that point, what really took me to the next level, and I remember when Todd was standing there and he took one page out of this 350 page binder and he said, this one page is going to make you, if you implement it, over $100,000. And so like my ears perked up. I'm like, okay, let's, let's hear what this is. And it's called, his version is the circle of cash flow. And I know I spoke about this a couple of years ago at Sales Mastery, but the circle of cash flow is when you meet with a client, how can you maximize the revenue potential with one client so that you can potentially get either five additional transactions or maybe you get five additional referral partners that then create an annuity of income for yourself. And so... I got laser focused on that. That was really appealing to me. And in my prior days of being a mortgage banker, I was a personal banker at Chase Bank and you had to get licensed. And so I had my series six and 63 and I resonated really well with financial advisors. So after I left boot camp, the second best thing that I did is I, I took people in our office to the boot camp. Um, I think the more people that can go with you and hear the message <clears throat> at the same time, is really, really powerful. At the time, it was my identical twin sister, who's my production partner, and my manager, and we all went, and we were there for all days, and so when we left, we actually had a mastermind, and we said, okay, what are the top five things that we wanna implement? Some of them were quick things, some of them were long-term things, but we all agreed that the circle of cash flow is something that we wanted to get really good at, because it makes you sound so different to a real estate agent and to a team when you're talking about something so powerful that can basically 5X even their own business, rather than going to a real estate agent and say, I can close a loan in two weeks and I have the best rates in town. You know, every mortgage banker says that. So we had to take his one page document and we had to create a presentation so that we could articulate it so that if I was in a one-to-one -one meeting with an agent 
or if I was doing a presentation, I could articulate easily what the circle of cash flow is. And so that's what we did. We got together and we designed a PowerPoint presentation. And I started meeting with real estate agents one-on-one. -on -one, and I was like, man, this is a lot of work to meet one-on-one, -on -one, you know, a couple of times a day. So I contacted one of my title reps that is in the Plano area. He's been at the same company for 20 years. He's, he's highly rooted in my area. And so I said, I want to take you to coffee. Because if I can help show him that this is valuable and that this tool would be valuable for us to co-host an event with, then he's also presenting value to his real estate agents because he brought me in front of his agents to show them how you can generate more business without paying a lot of money to Zillow or Realtor.com, but just working with a mortgage partner that truly quarterbacks the loan process by capturing the data that we're already getting on a 1003 as it is. Um, if you guys haven't been to boot camp and learned what the cash flow is, you guys should go. Uh, I don't have enough time to explain the whole program, but it is literally worth the flight and the time to go out there just to learn that one page and the 350-page document. But I met with that title rut. We got three dates on the calendar to co-host an event where a bunch of real estate agents came. None of them were my agents, so I tapped into his database, and I said, all right, here's what... We're going to go, we're going to present it together, we tag-teamed it together, and I just started getting all this business because I sounded different and I spoke different. And that's really what I learned at the Academy is there's so many scripts and it just flips the psych, you know, your, your, your mind on, you feel like you're here when you're talking to a real estate agent and they're here. And you've got a really short window to flip it here or even here to show that a mortgage banker can actually add value yeah. to your business. We're not just somebody that takes an application and then you move on down the road. So I would say um, implementing that was, I mean, huge, absolutely huge. So then move to the next thing, because I, I think that's, uh, we even have a slide up here, but I want you to talk through that one as we wrap things up here. So I am the mortgage nerd, don't remember Kai Kai, the mortgage guy, okay? Thanks. Remember the mortgage nerd? <laughs> Kai Kai, the mortgage guy. Gosh, now I'm even saying it. <laughs> um, so I'm really, really passionate about technology. We're doing a piece on Friday morning. Hopefully all you guys can be there about technology. That's, that's my thing because I, I'm really passionate about technology because I feel like technology creates time almost. And I know everyone says everybody has the same amount of time, but the more efficient your process is, then the more time you have to do other things. And so I, like Matt, listened to Todd talk about Linda's when she had a client come into the office. Linda had a CD that she would play that the client would watch before she actually met with the client. And so that I remembered that. And when I was flying home from California to Dallas, I'm sitting in the American Airlines seat, and I see the screen come on and it's the flight attendant talking about, you know, all the flight stuff. And it, a light bulb went off and I was like, oh, I can literally create videos of every single step in the process so that I can speed up my process and create more time so I can go out and bring in more business. So I made it a point, again, I met with my, my manager and my sister, and we, we had due dates. I mean, there's one thing about my manager, and it was like, if there's a due date, he will follow up with you until you get it done. And so I believe the date was April 1st. 
And I was scared to death to start making a video because I didn't go to school for video. I didn't have the fancy lighting that everyone talks about. And um, I didn't have a fancy camera. I'm pretty sure we recorded it. It was my sister holding the phone. We didn't even have a tripod, which Tristan will make fun of me about. Um, so the phone looked like Blair Witch Project. But we did it. <laughs> and I think that's where a lot of us struggle, is you perfection gets in the way of just starting. Because back then, I guess that was 2013, and I think we have a... Let's throw that slide up, guys. This is how god-awful. OK, let me just walk you through this. I'm pointing to my cheek because literally I had to get this done. You can't, you can't see the date as to when this was. Oh, wait, up top. They're all around March 2014. I had my April 1st was the timeline. But I literally had my wisdom teeth taken out like the day before this video. But I had on my calendar that I had to complete this. And so you, you can't really see it because the lighting is so god-awful in this video. But there's literally a bruise on the side of my cheek. And so when I say you, you can't get any worse than this, I swear to you, you can't get any worse than this. But if you notice, I've got a, a HUD. This is literally what this is. It is a HUD taped on my whiteboard. <laughs> and my I sister am, is filming me, and I'm talking. We had to do about 50 retakes, because she's making me laugh, because she thinks I look silly. So I finally got one where I went all the way through without laughing. and. Um, this was one of my one-timing. There are so many times I had to explain the HUD well, on this sheet's where all the credits are, and here's where all the fees are. So I put it on film, and whenever the HUD went out, I sent the link with the HUD, and I said, watch this. If you have any questions, let me know. And you can't see it on here, but if you actually made this bigger, you would see that there's 6,500 views just on this one HUD video, which obviously I haven't sent out a HUD video in literally a year this time, you know, because it expired. I didn't help 6,500 families. So the point is, is that YouTube is a powerful way to have your one-timing completed because Google owns YouTube, and it also helps with your SEO. And um, people learn. They can rewatch it over and over and over. So that's just this. Just take a picture of this and know, like, if you think you're not good at video, just remember this image. <laughs> okay, it's awful. Yeah, and sometimes this idea, like we talked about last night, is focus on forward, right? And we get overwhelmed with kind of uh, preparation and planning and, and, and even the fear of doing. And uh, I imagine even with the wisdom tooth and the swelling and the bruise, that as soon as you knock that one out, you probably had more confidence. And then you knock the second one out, and you probably had more. But the point is, is that you look at all these videos now that are lined up. And, you know, it's interesting. You can be overwhelmed if you think about recording 30 or 40 videos at a time. But if you just get clear on recording a video a day, in 40 days you have 40 videos and you can literally personalize your messaging on everything you're doing. So when you take ideas like the circle of cash flow, you add to it these customized two, three minute videos on learning, put the gap analysis into recording videos, put the explanation of things that customers ask you where you're using your labor time to explain, and now you one-time it. So this is a little bit of one-timing here. So you probably never have to do another one of how can I help you find the best mortgage rate. You know, you've done that, right? And as long as that's relevant, as long as that still works, then you've got that in the can. And you can probably open up your computer and you probably have, uh, I don't know, 30, 40 videos that whenever you guys, and same map probably for you, and that's the power of thinking through this this kind of stuff. Um, do, you, do you want to do a video? Oh, 
Can we do? Can we have you do a video? Kai's going to do the video right now. She'll help you. She's going to help me. She'll help you. So, um, so good job, and uh, congrats on, on that. And, and nobody should overthink this, right? It's not, it's not rocket science, but what I wanted this panel to do is show you, um, you know, the, the, the flat-out opportunity, and whether it's two or three loans a month, or whether it's 100 more loans a year, or whether it's a vision to go to 600, or whether it's 7 million to 34 to 40 million. I mean, everybody has their own goals. You have your goals. Okay, and you know what you'd like to do, and you know that you can probably do more, not because you, you have to, because you, you really want to, and not because you really want to, but if you can free up the time by some of these efficiencies, then you will have the time and space to do volume and to do more of the volume that you want. And the more impact you make in society and the more impact you make in the lives of families and the more impact you make with social proof and you know, adding value to the human uh, part of the equation, the humanity of selling and, and all of that, the better off you are. Everybody in this panel right now, you are better off than you were before the Hytro Sales Academy, correct? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Correct. Yeah, any downside? You have a big list of projects you really want to do. <laughs> okay, and that's really an upside, right? It is. That's awesome, awesome. Give these guys a big round of applause for being here. Thank you very, very, very much.